Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I want to guarantee, if I go to a doctor and I walk into that doctor and I'm sick and he looks at me and says, if you'll take this medicine, it will produce health in you. How many of you know you want to guarantee? I want to guarantee that that stuff's going to make me well. Anybody else? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. Uh, if I was to start, and you can tell I probably haven't done this, but if I was to start an exercise program, then, then I want to guarantee that if I'm going to get my little rear up early in the morning and run and do push-ups and set-ups and, and run five miles, I want to guarantee that at the end of all that craziness, I'm going to lose some weight. I want guarantees, but what I've discovered is that um, although guarantees are preferred, they're really hard to find. In fact, I, I would submit to you that right now, at least in this day and age, there are so many promises that are made that aren't fulfilled and they're not kept. And so guarantees in this day seem to be really rare. But this morning, what I want to do is I want to make a, uh, tell you that uh, there, there is a guarantee. I have a guarantee for you this morning that you can take to the bank. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to question it. You don't have to second guess it. I'm telling you right now, I'm about to make you a guarantee that I can promise you will always be true. The reason I can do that is this guarantee is found in God's word and it's found in Matthew chapter 8 verse 20 when he says this. He says, whenever two or three gather in his name, he guarantees us that whenever two or three gather in his name, that his presence will be right there in that moment. So this morning, I have a guarantee for you. When you pulled up in that parking lot and saw somebody waving at you, somebody opening your door, when you walked into the lobby and somebody offered you a cup of coffee, when you checked your kids in and knew they were going to take care of them so that you didn't have to, and when you walked in here and the sound system is on and the worship team is about ready to sing, you have a guarantee that the Jesus inside of you is going to encounter the Jesus inside of me, and therefore it's going to produce his presence right in the middle of us and we can take that to the bank it's guaranteed we, we can't escape it we can't we can expect it we can rest in it. it he is here guaranteed so that guarantee then means that it isn't there's never a gathering that we participate in here at passion where there's more than two or three of us there's never a, a gathering that there is only the potential of his presence no, no, when we get together, we're promised his presence. In fact, you don't even have to worry about it. You don't even have to question whether or not God's going to show up on this Sunday. Uh, you don't have to worry that maybe God decided to go to the beach with everybody else because he needed a break. No, when we gather in his name, two or three of us together, we are guaranteed God's presence will be here. We can rest in that fact. We, we have, therefore, we have this opportunity when we gather like this. We have an opportunity to encounter God. So, in fact, I just want to say this, and here comes the prophet in me. I just want you to understand that if you don't experience or recognize God when you got here, then may I submit to you this morning that if you didn't encounter God during the service today, that wasn't God's fault. It's yours. 
okay, I think I'm in the right place. All right. Uh, uh, maybe we were distracted. Maybe, maybe the cares of life have squashed our anticipation. Maybe, maybe we were disinterested. But when we gather like this, his presence is guaranteed. So if you don't encounter him, it wasn't his fault. You simply missed him. Don't act like that can't happen. I can prove it to you out of scripture. That can happen because in John chapter 1, the Bible says that the Son of God, the Son of God in the flesh, walks into a community, walks into a town, makes his abode among them. And John chapter 1 says it like this. He showed up and they didn't even recognize him. We want to wag our finger at those folks in John chapter 1, but I also submit to you that Sunday after Sunday, all across America and all across the world, people gather in God's name with a guarantee that God's going to show up and they don't even recognize him. That same thing happens. It's repeated Sunday after Sunday. People gather. They get good music, maybe some good preaching, and they go home never realizing or recognizing that they just had an encounter with God. And they were just too distracted. He, his guaranteed presence shows up and we miss him. Uh, I, I noticed that in Scripture in the New Testament, the Bible says that angels, uh, on the day that they were announcing Jesus' uh, uh, impending birth, they show up on the hillsides to some shepherds. And the Bible says that when they share the good news of Christ, the Bible says that the shepherd in awe and reverence fall on their face. And now I see that what caused them to fall on their face, we sleep through. We sit through. What, what, what produced awe and reverence for them now only produces yawns in us. And, and, and so I have to ask you, it forces me to ask this question, has his glory diminished? Or has our awe and our reverence towards him diminished? As you spend time together today, two or three of you gathered in his name, his presence is guaranteed. So then the real challenge is not whether God's going to show up. The real challenge is this. How will we respond? As I read through scripture, what I've discovered is that scripture, whether you, all the lessons you can learn, you can, you can learn the redemptive history that is apparent in scripture and all these other, the, 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 the story of grace, the story of my, you can see all that. But one of the things that you can find that is apparent to me is that when you read the account of scripture, the canopy of scripture, the landscape of scripture, what you discover is that it is an account of people encountering God and how they respond. People like Adam. People like Abraham and Moses, people like David in the face of a menacing giant to disciples in a boat, mending their, own, their nets, minding their own business. They have, this, they have this encounter with God in the flesh. And again and again and again, the Bible is a revelation of them having an encounter with God and then showing us how they respond. So since the guarantee is a matter of fact, he is here. When, when you got here, you may not even have wanted to encounter God, but I'm, I, I, I hate to tell you, because two or three are gathered in his name, like it or not, he's here, it's guaranteed. Then my question becomes, what will you do? I pose this question because I think too often the results we seek from an encounter with God are too shallow and they're too limited or they're limited to the wrong thing. In fact, I tell you that most of us, what we want is we want a result that is short-lived. We want a move of God that we can talk about maybe for Sunday. I just want to be able to go home and tell people that live around me that we had a good service. Y'all had dead church. We had good church. 
That's the extent of it. Move God so that I can post on Facebook that we had a powerful service. That's all I really want. Just do that. Okay, okay. Ooh. All right. Uh, I, I, I want a move of God that is limited to, I just want to encounter you so that over the next couple of days, maybe I can't make it all the way to Wednesday. I just, I just maybe from Monday and Tuesday, I'll be able to talk about that we had a good service and a move of God. And then I'm going to have to come back next week and get my spiritual fix and my spiritual high so I can make it. For... And we limit the move of God. The problem is, is this. When I read about the encounters that these people and individuals had with God, what I discover is that is in Scripture, when they encounter God, it produces a life-changing, life-altering encounter. And so if the fact is, and it is, that God is here when we gather together, then what I want to submit to you this morning and confront you with is that we should never be able to gather like this and leave and be the same as when we got here. We should never be able to experience the presence of God and go back to life normal. And yet we come week after week and we walk home, drive home, hitch a ride home, and we're the same. Shouldn't be that way. And so what I want to tell you is I, I, I believe that God's presence that is guaranteed in this house should disrupt and dismantle our lives to the point that the result is is that we are different in fact what I want to do is I want us to encounter God in a different and perhaps what I believe is a much more biblically accurate way are you ready for this? You're not ready for this. I, I think what happens is we long for encounters with God to put us together, but I think the encounter that God wants us to take part in over the course of the next few weeks and into this year is this. I want some encounters that undo us. We'd say it like this in the churches I grew up and we were tore up from the floor up. I'm talking about where we walk in with our life all put together and we have such an encounter with the presence of God that we're completely torn up. Our, 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 our perspective is messed with. Our expectation is messed with. Our, our togetherness is messed with. Undo us, oh God. Ruin us with your presence. Ruin us in a good way so that everything else pales in comparison where everything else is a cheap substitute, where anything else other than your glory and your presence will not suffice in our life. Change us, oh God. But in order for us to have that to happen, then we have to approach God with a different posture and a different attitude and an entirely different level of expectation because I want to tell you this morning, his guaranteed presence is intended to produce guaranteed results. We just got to get, our, get an understanding of what the right results are. Are, or we limit him to things that he wasn't intending as the ultimate and end goal. So I'm going to help you. I want us to look really specific this morning. What are the results that indicated we have actually encountered God and not just simply had a good Sunday or a powerful worship service? got to be the goosebumps, right? When I get goosebumps, then I know I know that's not the guaranteed results. You don't even have to feel anything to get the results that God intended. 
Ooh, I just messed somebody up right there. I felt that just fly back. You only think you're encountering God when your emotions are moved. And what I'm telling you is that if we recognize that God is here, whether we feel anything or not, whether they sang your song or not, whether the preacher's preaching worth anything or not, the truth is, is that you're here encountering God and that, that, that experience encounter with him produces things in us. Guaranteed. So let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6. I don't know if you're ready for this. Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Let me just stop there long enough to say this. Isaiah has an encounter with God. Yeah, this, this wasn't because uh, they sang a right song. This wasn't because there was smoke. This wasn't because the lights were just right. The air conditioner was turned down to the perfect degree for you. For you. No, 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 no. He encounters God. He sees God. I want you to see what happens. He says, and above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, holy Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I don't even think we recognize what's happening. Isaiah has an encounter with God and he sees angels circling the throne and they're like pointing out to God, having a revelation of God and they go, ooh, I see in him he's holy. They go to another angle, look at him again, different facet, he's holy. They come over here, see God again and it's revealed to them he's holy and they're having this revelation of who God is and they're confronted with his holiness. And then it goes on and it says that the sound of their, uh, of their voices, the door, doorpost and threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Listen to what Isaiah does. He says, woe to me. He must have been from West Oklahoma. Whoa. Hold your horses just a little bit. He says, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, This has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin has been atoned. Maybe I ought to stop right there and just say that one of the ways, this is, this is for free. This is not in my notes. I can promise. I'll show you later. But I just have a revelation this morning that the way some of us, we could figure out that some of you had an encounter with God is he would touch your mouth. Because some of y'all are revealing with your mouth that all you had was a good Sunday service because by about Wednesday, the, the same mouth that was glorifying God and talking about the breath that is in me is from you. All of a sudden, all we hear from you is negativity and doom and despair and agony on me. And we can't get a shout of you out of you on Thursday, but you were able to shout on Sunday. Some of you, we would know you've encountered God if we would see the fact that he changes what you talk about. Some of you, God, just needs to shut your mouth up. Y'all mm, y'all 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 want me to leave again. I got you. Okay, 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 okay. He said uh, he said this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin has been atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Here is response. And I said, here am I. Send me. I want you to notice that Isaiah's encounter with God ruined him. It disrupted life as normal. 
There were three specific results that in that moment that, that, that Isaiah experienced that I think, I think more, more than you getting your dance on, more than you getting your praise on, more than you getting your little jump and your little twitch and all that other stuff we do in church sometimes, more than any of that, I think these are the three results that would be proof of his presence. The first one is this, the result of a real encounter with God is holiness. If we have a genuine encounter with God, the very first result is that we will recognize God's holiness and our lack of it. Isaiah sees the angels circling God, declaring that God is holy. One man said that the primary characteristic of God is holiness. In other words, if you could take a drill and drill to the core of God along the way, you would find different attributes like faithfulness and kindness and gentleness. But when you hit bedrock in God, the core thing of God, the primary characteristic of God is holiness. Holiness. So when we have a genuine encounter with God, we are confronted with his holiness. What does that mean? That means position no longer matters. That means posturing for, for attention is smashed. That means grandstanding is tossed aside. That means I don't need your attention anymore. All the attention should go to the one that deserves it, the one that is holy, the one that is mighty, the one that deserves it. All of that, I recognize that he's holy and I am not. He's worthy and I am not. Too often we want to encounter God and what we want to do is we want to encounter God for his works, but we need to encounter God for his holiness. Uh, we, we often gather in an attempt to do this. We want to, encounter, we want to come into God's presence for the sole purpose of, of, of experiencing his grace, experiencing his healing, experiencing provision. But, but I think we must first stop along the way and have a revelation of his holiness. Because if we don't, here's the problem. If we don't experience God's holiness and recognize God's holiness, then we will come into his presence and we will demand grace. And it cheapens it. Because now, in order for me to receive grace, because I don't know about his holiness, I will expect God to come to my level of holiness and accept my lifestyle rather than coming up to his level, recognizing that he doesn't change the cloak, the cloak of righteousness to, meet, to fit me. I have to change to fit it. Well, I'm preaching right now. If we don't experience his holiness and recognize his holiness, we will experience his healing and we won't be filled with any level of gratitude. If you don't think that's possible, you go back to the New Testament and read about the 10 lepers that encounter the presence of a living God in, in Jesus himself. And Jesus heals them. And when they're healed of a, of a life-destroying disease, it's a terminal illness, only one comes back and says, thank you. Because he recognized that Jesus was holy. If we don't have a revelation of his holiness... We will receive provision. Okay, Yana. And we will quickly forget that he is the source. However, when we see him high and lifted up, 
when we see him as other than, when we see him as the king and the Lord almighty, we are undone. And suddenly I become grateful and thankful that he even allows me to come into the same zip code that he's in. I'm thankful all of a sudden that even with all my issues and all my faults, that he even allows me to come into the same area code as him, much less allowing me to boldly approach the throne of grace. Holiness should be the primary characteristic of the church. If the holiness that we experience and encounter in God is his primary characteristic, then, then we must also become like him. See, this is what I think happens. I think too often when we encounter God, we want to encounter his power, but we dismiss his holiness. Does an encounter with God bring power? Yes. But an encounter that brings power that does not also, is not also allowed to produce purity will bring with it pain. I'm going to say that again. You missed it. If all you do is roll up in here on a Sunday morning and experience his power, but you don't allow that same power to produce purity in you, it will also produce pain because you will take that power out of here and you will misuse it. Need Bible? Go into Acts when some guys experience the power of God and they want to cast the demons out of a man and they utilize the power of God but it hasn't produced any purity in their life and they use the power and the demons look at them and say, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who in the world are you? And they beat the men half to death because they had no revelation of Oh, I may not be in the right church because his holiness is so important. If we would recognize that we don't just come in here to get our praise on and to get goosebumps. We come in here recognizing the holiness of God. Yeah. His holiness is important because it produces the next guaranteed result. If we are going to say that we, have a, we are having a genuine encounter with God, then the result is this. Not only will we experience his holiness, the second result is this, humility. Listen to what Isaiah says. He says, woe is me. In an encounter with God, pretense is forgotten. Pedigree is forgotten. I need you to think just for a moment back through the encounters that happen in Scripture and you suddenly realize that when Adam has a face-to-face -face encounter with God, he hides. When Moses has a face-to-face -face encounter with God, what does he do? He casts aside all the great education that he had received in the universities of Egypt and he stands before a burning bush of God's presence and he says, man, I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing. Gideon goes, man, in the face of an encounter with God, I suddenly realize that I am the least of my tribe. I'm a nobody. Paul, who's an educated man, an accomplished man, suddenly has a revelation in this moment. I'm the chiefest of sinners. God's presence, in, when we encounter God's presence, it will produce in us humility. Humility. The simple truth that we need to hear is that a genuine encounter with God will destroy pride. It will cause us to embrace humility. We will place ourselves, regardless of our education, regardless of our years in the church, regardless of our last name, regardless of how anointed you are, regardless of how gifted you are, it will, it will cause us to put ourselves on equal footing with those around us. Let me help you this morning. You may be the most anointed, gifted person in the room, but in his presence, we will be 
like this. I'm a man of unclean lips and I am living among a people of unclean lips. I'm concerned because what I see happening in the body of Christ today is that too many of us have an encounter with God and we leave that encounter and we come back and we strut in as if God gets to encounter us. Yeah, I got out of bed this morning. I, I got myself ready, got my clothes on, got my kids ready. And now, God, you ought to be thankful that you get to encounter us. God, you ought, to be, you ought to be impressed with my preaching today. God, you ought to be impressed with my prayers today. God, you ought to be impressed with my singing, my serving, my giving today. And, 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 and in that moment, we miss the fact that we should be humble. I want, I want to tell you this morning that I just need to remind you, God hates pride. In fact, the word says that God resists the proud. That, let me put that in, in Steve Ely language. God working against you. And so I want to help you this morning. I, I did this several years ago. Some of our staff will remember this. About six or seven years into our church, we were starting to grow. And uh, I, I started noticing that there were some things being said inside of our church. We wouldn't say it outside there. We'd just say it in here. We'd talk about how much better we were than the other churches. And the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, you're not better. You're just different. I just want to tell you this morning that a genuine encounter with God will not produce a body or believers that feel like it or they are better than the other expressions of his body. It won't produce ranking. It won't produce comparisons. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I hear it too much. We go get in the car and say, ooh, our church was better than their church. Ooh, we had church. They didn't. Have, they got to be dead. I know they didn't have no church like we had church. Let me help you this morning. An encounter won't make you arrogant. An encounter will make you reverent. And I just want to. I, I want to help you. You go to some other church, any other church. And they start bragging and they're proud and they act like they've got a corner on the market of God. And they begin to tell you they got new revelation that nobody else has got. And there's a, uh, there's a spirit of pride and, and arrogance coming out of them. Let me help you. Run. Because what comes after pride? A fall. And what's true for that church is true for us as individuals. One of the genuine Products and result of an encounter with God is that we will walk around in humility. One final genuine result of an, an encounter with God is this. The result of a real encounter is this. Help. I want you to notice that Isaiah's immediate response to an encounter with God is this. I see all my faults. I'm undone. I'm unclean. But here am I. Send me. No hesitation, 
No begging needed, no prodding, no pressure, just an understanding that when I've had this encounter with a real God and he's impacted my life and changed my life and altered in my, my life, then I can't help myself. I now have this desire to help. It wasn't an encounter that only impacted him. It wasn't an encounter that was used up on only on him. Instead, a real encounter with God made him aware of the need to reach out and serve others. My question for you this morning is this. How many times have you come to a powerful worship service at Passion where the presence of God is moving and you encounter him and it ends with you? How many times have you been a part of a prayer service like we're going to have this coming Friday night and at the end of it when the last amen is said, you used it all up on you? I would tell you then you didn't encounter God. You had a good service. Some of y'all not liking me right now, but I'm just telling you this. A true, genuine encounter with God will result in you saying to God, here am I, use me, send me. A willingness to be sent, a willingness to show up early to serve, a willingness to become a bridge between life and, and death, a, a, a willingness to understand that I've had a life ex changing encounter with God and now I recognize that when I, pull, when I leave church and I've had an encounter with him, it's got to last longer than me getting to my car. How many times have we encountered God in here and it lasts about long enough for us to get to the drive-thru where they mess up our sandwich? Instead of recognizing that when I'm in that drive-thru and I see the need and maybe a word of encouragement over a frazzled individual... Maybe my kids who are acting crazy all of a sudden. May, may, maybe, maybe my neighbor who let his dog do his business in my yard. Uh, instead of going off the, flying off the handle and giving them a piece of my mind, maybe I ought to give them a piece of the presence that I encountered in this place. Here's why. If we are going to say that we are encountering God in here, the proof of that declaration is whether or not we're willing to take that experience outside these doors and reach those who need an encounter with God. Or was it just about you getting your church fix on? Getting your praise break? A real encounter with God will result in reach part of our vision statement that we want to encounter God it's not just that we suddenly decided there was one month we wanted to encounter God it's just that we're emphasizing it this month I pray every time that we come together is that since we know it's guaranteed we don't even really have to ask that we would encounter him that he would meet with us in fact his presence is guaranteed and the results of those encounters are determined by how we respond to his presence and so I'll end with this and then I'll get out of your way listen very carefully the proof of his presence the proof of whether we really experienced his presence is determined by whether we become holy if you can walk in here and leave just like you came in 
you didn't encounter him. The proof of his presence is determined by whether we walk out of here in humility, recognizing that it's by his grace and his mercy alone. Don't clap for me. Clap for him. Don't shout my name. Shout his name. If it was just about you getting to use your gifts so people would clap for you. Oh, you sing so good. You held that door open like nobody else. My kids love you. You're so good. The real result is we go, every good and perfect gift comes from heaven above. And then third, if we're going to say we're having an encounter with God, there's proof. The proof is this. You'll take what we experience here. You'll take it outside these walls. And you'll serve and you'll reach. You'll touch people who are dying, looking for hope and help. And as messed up as we are, with all of our faults and all of our issues, here I am, Lord. Send me to that job I don't even like. Send me to those people I can't even stand. Send me to the school I don't even want to attend. Send me to my team that doesn't root for me. Send me to my, that drive through where that one lady drives me crazy every time because she can't get my order right. But here am I. Send me. And I take the encounter I've had with God and I lay it out to them. And I say, I'll help. Father, I pray that we would Move beyond goosebumps. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.